I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is Your Mental Breakdown. The podcast starring yours truly. And me also. And you also. (laughs) Hi, Dougie. And the fly, the fly that has decided to come into my recording room. I mean, look, you know you live in a quiet area or in a quiet room when you're being driven freaking nuts by a fly buzzing around. True, true. Then you're not Mr. Miyagi, so. So no catching it with chopsticks? Yeah. I wonder if I've ever, I think I probably, after that movie, tried doing that. Oh, I think we all did. There's no way. No. Yeah. I could barely catch a fly with a fly swatter. I don't like killing things, but I would appreciate someone else doing it for me. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) I feel badly. Yep, yep. I feel like we haven't seen each other. I mean, minus the hour we just spent chatting with each other. Yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. I know. Well, there's some great things that have happened. Oh. Daylight savings happened. That's right. That's right. It is now darker later. Yeah, darker later. I'm on board now. I'm a, I was ambivalent before and thought you were a nut, but Ugh. now I think you're a nut and I'm on board. Yes, both are true. I just, <laughs> even, yeah, like the last few nights, sun stays up till set, or sets at seven. Fucking awesome. I can right? go right? do things and walk and still do things. Well, and we can do more things. I think we've been talking about we're actually doing more things now. Like Right. I've gone to a couple of restaurants with outdoor seating and it's really nice. And just being out, I think it's not, not that far away from seeing live music again, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. For you or other people? Everybody. Well, people are seeing live music. Yeah. Now. I was going to say a lot of people are already seeing live music, but sure. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and today's St. Patrick's Day. So happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone. That's right. That's right. Are you wearing your green? Oh, that's right. You did sneeze on yourself earlier. I see it. No, nah, no, I have a green phone case. Oh, <laughs> hmm. nice. You have some Irish in you, right? Yeah, I do. Yep. I am half Irish. No, like a third Irish. I don't know. Bailey. Bailey? Bailey is my, was, is my mom's maiden name. I know you have Baileys in you, but that doesn't count. Dork. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else is good? I don't know. You said a lot's happened. I was like, oh, great. What do you got? What's happened? Well, well, What's mostly happening? daylight savings. That's mostly exciting. Oh. <laughs> I went out the other night to a bar, which I don't go out to bars really. Like I, I go to dinner a lot and have drinks or have a drink and then go to dinner, but I don't go out to bars. But since I was invited by my nephew and his friends who are 16 and 17 wow. and have fake IDs, <laughs> They go anyway. And they were like, Hey, auntie, you want to come? And I was like, I was like, what time? And he's like, eight, we, we get there early so we can get a booth. Wow. And I was like, fuck yeah, that is my time. Like if there's like, I'm not, if he was like at 10 o'clock, I wouldn't go, but eight. And by the way, I had the best time, like so much fun. It was, and it was just down the hill from me, like in Santa Monica. So it was close and it was freaking great. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe their fake ID. I mean, my nephew's like gigantic. He looks like old enough and, <laughs> but it was unbelievable. And then he told me that the other night he went to Harvell's. You guys don't know what that is, but it's just a, like a jazzy kind of bar in Santa Monica. Yeah. And not to be confused with Carvel. No ice cream. Yeah. No. Okay. Or Ferrell's. So, oh, Ferrell's. 
Do you guys, if you don't know what Farrell's is, look it up, Google it. It was this place growing up. I don't think they have them anymore at all, right? No, I don't think so. I don't know how to explain the amazingness that it was, but it was like an explosion <laughs> of fun and ice cream and candy and people in 50s looking like outfits and... Yeah, like the barbershop quartet look. It yeah. was like Willy Wonka for, for yes. birthdays. Oh my God, yeah. it was so good. So it's my party. And you'll cry if you want to. I'm it's shaking my, my head cry. at Doug. No, no. I got it, Doug. I got it. Yeah. Aww. What about you? What you got? Anything? Um, well, speaking of dad jokes, we had a little uh, get together with some of my old friends and my sis and had a nice time and, and lit a candle for my dad. Aww. For no special day, no special reason. It was just felt like needed to say goodbye to him in some way. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I felt like we could get together. And two of my oldest friends I've known since I was nine and 12. Yeah, they knew your dad well too, right? Yeah, they knew my dad well. And I hadn't seen one of them in over two years, which is crazy. We just yeah. passed the two-year mark of the official Oh, that was the other thing. Period. Yeah, right, that was the right. other thing I was going to say. The 13th. Yep. Yeah. 13th. Yeah. Earlier this week. That's right. And, uh, you know, one of them lives locally and I've seen him. The other one's in Northern California, but having all of us together hadn't happened in, in a few years and it was wild. And then to be doing that, and we are at an age now where our parents are getting older and seeing that it's, it's wild. It, it's really bizarre. Just thinking yeah. of, of the passage of time and what that is and yeah, I just like to shove that all down and I don't want to think about it. So it's really good. It's good for me emotionally right. because you know what? I don't think about it. And then one day it bubbles up and I'm like, no, go away. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was nice to see everybody and, and having a nice, nice hang and playing games and, and reminiscing a bit. So it wasn't too somber. It, it oh, was, that's it fun. Was that's lovely, nice. though. Was, I'm glad you got to do that. It was very nice. I wouldn't say that it felt like uh, it was closure. It was just a nice way to honor my dad and pay tribute to his influence on me, hmm. which is clearly present in the dad jokes that I don't think will ever stop flowing. Oh, no. <laughs> There's no way they're going to stop flowing, for sure. No. Speaking of flowing, shall we see what's flowing with, with young Drew? We shall. Absolutely. I'm, I'm uh, excited to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. And this one uh, was interesting because that the very beginning, <laughs> speaking of dads and, and whatnot, we were talking about Disneyland. <laughs> it's well, you oh, you guys will hear. But uh, yes, you'll hear. I'm, so excited <laughs> I'm for sure that you'll part. have something to say about that. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. All right, guys, uh, stick around. We will be right back to break it down. Like, I love Disneyland. Right. It was kind of like our way of knowing each other for a year, celebrating a year of, of whatever that mm-hmm. is, you know, not a year anniversary, but kind of still making time for it. Right. Which was really nice. Back in my day, I never did this, but all my friends would go DOA, which was Disneyland on acid. So they would drop acid and go to Disneyland. So whenever I would hear like adult people going, oh, I love Disneyland. I'm like, oh, are you going on acid? They look at me like, what? I'm like, Oh, you mean that's not a thing? <laughs> oh, you guys don't do that? <laughs> that's right. not normal? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Like, I mean, we got high, but that's different. Like, no, kind of the same thing, but yeah. yeah. No, and we definitely did a uh, 
we smoked a little bit, not not crazy, which was really nice. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was exactly what I needed. I think I need more of it now that I'm here. You know, I, right. I definitely think I need a lot more of what that was. What was that? Put a name to it. Fishing. That was me fishing. I was just yeah. kind of hanging and being and not really having an agenda and just kind of having some fun and enjoying the day. Right. Which was really, really nice. And, and I'm trying to put a, I, I know we're talking about good right now. And I opened this with, I'm okay. I'm like, I'm okay. And I'm no, trying to. I heard something in that that was like, yeah, not okay. But Right. And, and that's what brings me, like, I'm trying to even think about where that's coming from. I feel like I'm back in my smoking a lot and kicking it and doing that thing, even though I'm not doing that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that way, but I'm active. I'm going to the gym. You know, my gym just opened up. So I'm, like I work out here still. It's been really nice just to go for a quick little walk, go to the gym for an hour, get my thing in and come home and, and get the rest of my day going. And I still feel stagnant. I still feel tired, you know, like lethargic and just wanting to like sleep all the time and, and not mm-hmm. quite know where that's coming from. I think my what's next is kind of coming into play. Of like, okay, well, what's on the horizon? What am I doing? What's going on? And I'm playing a lot of kind of waiting game right now. I guess I feel like I have a lot of time on my hands with no time at all, mm. which is a weird conundrum. You see me smiling and like I'm, I'm really, I really am okay. Like I'm, I'm in good spirits, you know, like things are moving and grooving. And I just don't know why I'm not enjoying it the way I thought I should be. Yeah, you say it all with a smile on your face, but okay, that's the smile on your face. What's underneath right. that? Mm-hmm. And what are you actually feeling? If I ask you how you're doing, you can tell me all the things you're doing and it sounds great. Right. And I ask you how you're feeling, that's different. Right. This is maybe a time where we can lean into the idea of being selfish and what it means for you. Like what's just fun? Like Disneyland was just fun. Mm-hmm. That was for you. And when you said, yeah, I need more of that. What's that? Fishing, you know, the idea that we've talked about, like too much of that and you don't like it. Right not enough of that. And you don't like it. And you're almost in between right now, but you're kind of going, all right, yeah, I'm in between. I'm okay. And I don't like it. I want to just kind of fish around inside of you Mm -hmm. and see what that's about and see what's there. Some of it might just be chemical. Right. When I explain depression to people that don't have depression and don't, don't experience it that way, they just go, oh, it's like kind of when you're sad. I'm like, No, when you're sad, there's usually a reason why you're sad. Right. Yeah, I just have this feeling right now. Right. And it's, I mean, to your point, too, it's not, I didn't really feel sad. You know, I don't know if that's the right Right. word to put on it. It, It's not even like, and I don't, like, I've said to you that I have depression, but like, even like going through like the last two years and kind of coming to this side of things and understanding me and myself and where I'm at. I mean, like, if I do, it's very slight. And I think a lot of it's more in, like, my rabbit hole space of where I can put myself. That's often the anxiety that goes along with it. That's that's slightly different. Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think, and maybe I'm wrong in that, but, like, like, for me, everything's good. And I am happy. And I have my community. I have everything. Like, if you're going on, like, a list, and I think I said this the other day, but if you're going on a list of, like, everything on paper, of, like, everything that I would want in my life right now, I got... 90 if not 100 percent of that right and i still feel guilty and like anxious and not sure and all of that Mm -hmm. all at the same time and there is no like there is no reason for it yeah and and i want to be clear too when i say depression it's not like oh 
you have depression. I'm going to diagnose you. Then we're going to get you to a psychiatrist. You're going to get on medication. There's something right. wrong with you. No, right. it, it can just be, this is an experience of depression. It's not mm-hmm. clinical depression that's affecting your, your daily functioning and we need to do something about it. That's, right. that's different. And you're right. It's not sad, mm-hmm. you know, and if those are the two ends, the, the two extremes, so to speak, right. Somewhere in that spectrum, in that middle is just that feeling like, well, yeah, it's not bad. It's not good. It's just kind of meh. Yeah. There were articles written recently about people experiencing what they're calling languishing mm. or in clinical terms, we call it anhedonia. It's that you don't really feel great. You don't feel bad. You just feel almost flatlined. Like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm just going through the motions and whatever. Something we used to talk about when I'd say the weed haze. Mm-hmm. It just puts a little fog over things. Right. Well, this isn't weed doing it. Yeah, it's just a little bit there. It's just a little flavor of it. It doesn't have to be like overpowering. I hear it when you go, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm okay. Yeah, and I think for me right now, you're kind of you're hitting the nail on the head with the hammer, right, without mm-hmm. me saying it. I think that it's been an ongoing, I guess, examples are the best way to make, for me to explain it. We've talked about weed a lot, and so that's why I'll go with it. And usually when I get like this, the haze of what the quote-unquote depression is, I feel like I smoke to kind of counterbalance it and kind of be like, well, if I'm going to be foggy, I'm going to be all the way foggy and not have to deal with the kind of in-between. Hmm. And I think it's funny, when when I was growing up, I, I was in church as a kid, and I remember this day very well, and I think about this a lot. Hmm. And I don't know why it stuck with me, but it always has. And, and basically the sermon as a kid, right, the kid's sermon was about being lukewarm. And, and of course, they talked about it in faith and what that looks like. And it's better to be opinionated, right? It's better to be no faith or all the way in versus kind of halfway. Interesting. Yeah. And because the guy that doesn't, that's not halfway, you know, the, that it's zero, he's got a lot to learn and a lot to grow. And, and it's that excitement factor, if that makes sense. Where the sure. guy that's kind of like in between kind of knows enough to to be like, yeah, I've seen it, I've done it, not for me, and eh, it's okay. And I think I've kind of transgressed that a lot in my life, where I'm either all in or all out, and we talk about that all the time. Right. And I think for right now, I'm experiencing what it kind of means to be lukewarm in a couple of places in my life, and, and kind of figuring out how it makes sense for me and and how not to go to zero with it. Because I think I tend a lot to do that too, is to go that way versus the hundred way. And so I'm still trying to navigate because I can't take everything on at hundred, you know. And I know that, right? And I also know I don't want certain things to be at zero. And I also know that I don't like lukewarm. <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> right. It's kind of all of those. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I appreciate you talking about it because th- that's what this is all about. It, it's explaining what it is. It's not just me hitting the nail on the head with the hammer. It's right. it's not my words to it because, yeah, I've got plenty of words to it. Right. It's your words and your experience of it. It's one thing to say, uh, yeah, I work with clients with depression. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But every single client is different. Right. There might be similarities and similar ways we can approach things or talk about things or work on things, but it really is your unique experience of things. Yeah, and I, and I think just hearing you say it more so reminded me of hearing that lukewarm story. And, and that's a better understanding for me to know where I'm at in right. my own world. 
I mean, obviously because you're my therapist, but like you're the exact right person to understand this because of the other people you've dealt with too Mm -hmm. in the highs and lows and getting normalized and what that is. It's also kind of making that space in my mind of of just being aware and and kind of allowing myself to pat myself on the back, which has been a new thing for me this year. I don't want to call it isolation, but the COVID factor of everything and not being able to share stuff day to day with people I'm just running into. I mean, it's helped me be a lot more proud of what I'm doing. I'm sorry, who's, who's proud of what you're doing? Yeah, I'm hella proud of what I'm doing. You, you're proud of what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, and it's sick what I'm doing. Like, I love what I'm doing. Like I, like, I love what I'm doing. And I think I'm getting a better caliber, calibration of being able to speak that without being arrogant about it, how I speak my excitement. But I, I, I tend to hold back a lot of excitement especially these days, especially right now with a lot of trust factor and what I, I got going on. And I kind of have a little bit here and there with everyone. Right. And I don't mean that in a bad way. You know, I, I really, like, sure. I really don't. It's just kind of like a factual thing. And so now I'm trying to understand how to experience it for myself and enjoy it for myself, by mm. myself, with other people. Yeah, I don't need a partner to make this experience valid, you know, right. or worth it. And that's why I said, wait, who, who's proud of you? And you're like, no, yeah, yeah I'm proud of me. I'm like, oh, yeah. you're proud of you. <laughs> right. It's, it's not like I need that from someone else. Right. It really is your own experience mm-hmm. and, and what you're doing and how you're doing it. There's a little shift in you in that sort of balance for a while was the seesaw was all in, all out was hundred percent, zero percent. And it averages to 50. So there I'm, I'm in the middle, right? And it's exhausting because you would constantly either shut down or double down. Uh, There's, there's a piece of that that might be right for this and a piece of that, that isn't right. Mm -hmm. And when I say that the isn't right is that feeling of like meh or languishing or anhedonia, whatever you want to call it might be the 50% might be the, the, the gray and right in the middle, but it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel anything. It's a flat mind feeling. Right. Right. That's not balance either. That's just absence of presence. And I think it goes right back to my highs and lows. And I think I function better in the highs and lows. I think I balance those a little bit better in how high and how low those really are. Because I don't think I'm a true 50 guy. I think I'm kind of like a 30 and 70, kind of somewhere in there. Totally. And now I'm just kind of like going down the list of like, okay, well, where am I at for this one? And where am I at for this one? And, you know, and kind of figuring out where my 100, 0, 50, 30, 70 is. Right. And just going through the process. You know, I think I'm doing a lot better relationship wise and, and understanding where that's at. Where's that at? Who's your girlfriend? Um, I don't really have one right now, but you there know. There you go. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Tell me. I don't, but I do, but I don't, you know, it's a relationship that I'm working on and and it feels really good. And I really enjoy what that is. And I think another great example is like this morning, right? We had a a meeting set for nine o'clock this morning to go over a really big step in the company. And so we had all like the owners, right? Everybody that share up holders. We were basically deciding what to give to another lady, figuring out the equity and what makes sense. Friend comes in 30 minutes after I was like, hey, I'm going to catch you up. We decided on giving her 15% instead of the 20. These are the reasons. Cool. Done. Moving on. He's like, yeah, hold on. You want to be the higher shareholder and kind of, he worded it 
basically that I didn't want to give her more because I didn't want her to be above me. And I'm like, bro, one, that's not me at fucking all. That's what I thought. And what I said was, just so you know, that really hurt my feelings because that's not who I am. And it's not Mm. anywhere part of what we built this to be. And kind of was able to kind of have that conversation with them. Yeah. And he definitely took it as... He was like, well, why would that offend you? Why would it do that? You know, and and he instantly jumped into that. And I was like, dude, I'm just telling you how it made me feel. It's not who I am. Like, this really bothers me because this is my integrity and who I am as a person. And like, so being able to go from that situation, not get crazy, like, fuck you, fuck this, like, I'm out, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And being able to walk through that conversation allowed me kind of get to my, I would say like my 40 in that, in where I felt comfortable. I I like how you're coming around to this. Mm-hmm. It's that idea of, yeah, I'm not going super defensive or super offensive. I'm not zero. I'm not a hundred. I didn't shut down and double down and I'm trying to find a way to get down. If we don't make it the zero and a hundred, right. we can actually say it wasn't zero or a hundred. Was I being a little protective? Yeah. Yeah, probably. And it triggered me because that's not my integrity. Everybody's carrying their own shit in here. And if you touch it and you, and, and you trigger it, wow, there it is. It's a function sometimes of everybody's carrying their own balloon with their own stuff in it. And if you can unpack that a little bit and explain it, then when you go in there, if you get poked with the pin, it's not going to pop you or whatever's inside is already dealt with. Right. Yeah, maybe friend did pick up on something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And if you recognize it and deal with it, I totally agree in the sense of him picking up on something. I'm down for that. Of course. Because if it can make me better in the process, of course, I'm with it. I just, I don't feel comfortable with the way he went about it. I think it carries a lot more weight because of who it is. I almost feel like it's a family, brother, mom, not quite situation in all of this to where Mm. it is an integrity thing. And like, I... Like I really, I do care about equity and I do care about money at the end of the day because I have to live. And that's not the point. I think I'm more frustrated than disappointed. What's the frustration? The frustration comes from trust with him. We have a lot of really deep talks and a lot of uplifting talks and a lot of support both ways. And like I, I know him very well, just the way I think he knows me very well. And to hear what he said in that, felt like he doesn't know me at all just the Mm -hmm. way kind of like mom Mm -hmm. well yeah you might know me but you don't pay attention or really know me at all and i think that's where the trigger came from Uh uh-huh yep just in in the little bit you just said with that then he doesn't really know me at all that's the zero hundred mentality right hundred we're humming along we have perfect trust he knows me he knows me well i know him we can never really know anybody a hundred it's just not possible. Right. I don't even know if I know myself 100 yet. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Right? We don't know 100. We don't know ourselves 100. That's right. true. Right. Good point. So how can someone else know us 100? They can't. Right. And they might see a, a 70 or 80 of us, and they might that might cover a different 70 or 80% of us than the 70 or 80 we might see in ourselves at that time. That's great because that's helping us see something about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Fine. When you said, you know, or you don't really know me at all. Well, that's, that's the zero mm-hmm. being able to talk to him tonight and, and kind of look at like, Hey, you picked up on something. Yes. 
and maybe it triggered you or something because it, it seemed like the 70 or 80 that you normally know of me was a different 70 or 80 than, mm -hmm. than I know of me mm -hmm. or that I show you, or it might've like you added another 20. That isn't me. Right. And that's the frustration that I hear from you, partly that trust, but partly being misunderstood. Right. And when that is a driving force for you, you will go out of your way to over explain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure they know. I want to give them the 120 to make up for it. Right. So they really know and they can understand everything about like. You're exactly right. Like I've realized if I was in their shoes and somebody was coming, like talking to me of like, well, this, this, and this, and this is the process. And I'm like, dude, this is too much. Like this is just too much. And so, mm -hmm. um, I agree that it's very frustrating for me to be misunderstood and to not be able to explain it is one of the worst things for me. That's when I really like implode, not explode. I implode. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like I just can't get it out. I think the new navigation of what I've been doing, of testing, not been doing yet, but testing it, is getting that conversation out to myself and understanding myself in all of this. Mm. I think this was a good taste of it this morning because it wasn't perfect and it wasn't the way I wanted it to be in the sense of if I was true in the fact of doing it for myself and being motivated for myself in all of this, then what he said wouldn't have affected me the way it did. I want to be able to internalize my emotions versus show them like a poker face, I guess is what I'm trying to equate that to, mm -hmm. of internally being like, yeah, I am okay. We can figure this out conversationally later. But for right now, I'm okay. This is okay. Let's move forward. But I don't think it's appropriate for me to be triggered and get all emotional and, and, and go sideways because somebody says something that I didn't like. Yeah. And it will happen. Mm -hmm. So when it happens, what do we do? You're not going to have a poker face all the time. Right. Just not, not practical. As I hear you talking about this, part of what strikes me is difference between the content and the process. The content is sort of the details and what was said. The process is how are we doing this? How are we talking about this? And I, I think what you're aware of now is I don't want to take a content moment and then go a hundred percent into process and bring them into this. And unless you're in therapy, that is the place where we talk about this, where right. we let these feelings out, where we understand it and unpack it and unfold it. You do that. You have mm -hmm. a place for that. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily want to do that with all the other relationships in your life. And I think it doesn't mean zero hundred. I'm not going to involve him in process in, at all. Zero process. And we'll just stay content. No, I think a little bit is fine. And it's finding where that is. This is a great point to throw in vulnerability. And I think mm. the reason I want to be so vulnerable in every aspect of my life is so that I don't have to deal with this kind of stuff. Even though I know I'm going to have to deal with this stuff. It's part of it. I think the vulnerability aspect of what this is also plays a part in my defensiveness. You brought up the word vulnerability, which is one of your favorites. I'm going to throw three more words at you. I'm just going to say the words and I want to hear you kind of incorporate either the words or the ideas into how you're thinking about this. Mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. Faith, mm -hmm. 
trust, mm-hmm. control. Oh, okay. So faith and trust kind of go hand in hand to this for me because I want to be able to be trusted and have people have faith in me the way I do with them unconditionally, which I think is a great point of control and where I want a lot of control and I want a lot of freedom in myself. And so I don't play that. I don't play that side very well. Going back to trust now, I trust myself a lot and I don't necessarily trust other people Hmm. work-wise. And I think that I have faith that collectively we'll get it done, but individually have a lot of worries in it, Hmm. which is where my control factor comes into play again. And not having any control of the bigger picture of what this is, is very liberating and very scary all at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's almost the very definition of that 3070 instead of zero to a hundred. It's right. I don't know. It's scary and it's exciting. It's Mm -hmm. both. Mm -hmm. And I want that ride. That's the opposite of being at that 50, being at that flat line. It's going, all right, it's going to be a little bit of both of these. Let's go. I'll experience that and take that as it comes. Going back to the Green Beret, I would say the Green Beret has faith, just knows I will be okay. It will be okay. It will work itself out in that 3070 realm. Right. Trust requires another person. I trust that they'll do that. They've shown me that they're trustworthy. I can trust them. Faith is more internal, I think. Right. Yeah. Trust requires something. Mm-hmm. And the control is... When I don't trust, I need to control that. I need to find that. Faith might be letting go of some of that control and still having that, that foundation of trust and going, okay, he knows me. I know him. We're good. Mm-hmm. It'll work out. Hey, we, we had this little thing. Yeah, I, di- I didn't like that thing because it felt like, wait a second, man. That's not where I'm coming from. Right. Yeah, and I see this is not a... Hey man, can we sit down and talk? Like I don't see that as this kind of conversation. I see that right. as the next time we do talk, it's like, hey man, like let's just touch on this real quick because I it made me feel this way, and like I just want to nip it in the butt so that it's not lingering. Like it's the lingering that I don't like, big or right. small. When I'm not able to be understood, it makes me get into the process a lot more and dive deeper and see how deep I can go until like you can finally understand it. Which is right. funny to me because it's um, like, what if they just don't care? And, and, and maybe I say it like that, but it's like, like genuinely, like maybe they just don't really care. And like, why is it on me to make them care? It's funny hearing you talk is it reminds me of, you know, we've talked about about Kobe. Mm. And I think from what I know of how he approached the game with teammates, thinking about the days where they had their championship runs right. you know, and Robert Ory was hitting threes and, and doing that. But he, there was a time when Kobe wouldn't pass the ball right, to anyone ever yeah. because he didn't trust that they could do it right? because they sometimes would miss. Guess what? So would he. Right. But maybe there was a point at which he said, well, it's not about trust. It's about faith. I'm going to dish the ball to Robert Ory. And if he hits the three, Cool. I have faith. Well, and I and I think I have faith in the big picture. Like absolutely, like, mm-hmm. like no question in my mind. Like I got faith in the big picture. And I don't know how to put it into words, but if you could feel the way my, my feelings 
were scaled. I mean, it's unprecedented of how much I don't know in my life right now. Like it's, it's never been like this. And I, I don't yeah. think I've ever felt more in control of what that is. My life in general, I have so much faith in what it is. I have such little trust in such all like the details and the small pieces. And I lack the, lack the ability to lose that control for right now. And I'm holding on so tight for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it's the being afraid to grow up, you know, and really take that on. I know I can do it. I, I know I can do it. It's just a matter of doing it. I wonder if the flip on it is aligning with him together, not showing him who you are. I misunderstood. Let me clear this up. Here this is. I want you to know it. And I want like, you need to have faith in me and you need to trust. And let me show you. Right. Let me show you. I can hit the three 10 times in a row. So you'll give me the ball. That's control. Mm-hmm. That's stressful. Right. The flip might be, yeah, you know what? You called me on something. You're right. I was really protective because of what we built. And how do you do it? How do you have faith? You know, how do you have trust that this is the right move, that this is going to work out? And I have faith in the overall picture, but I haven't really experienced this. And I'm kind of nervous. I'm a little scared. And yeah. How do you do it? Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? I don't feel wrong. And I think he was wrong in this, in what he said and what his mind frame was. That being said, that doesn't matter who's right and what's wrong. Like it just doesn't matter. Sure. I like the perspective change of the way I'm putting the ball in his court, per mm-hmm. se. And I still feel uneasy about not getting my point across of being misunderstood. Absolutely. You got triggered. Yes. He got triggered, too. Mm. He had a reaction to something and said something in a way. So something struck a nerve for him. And it might be like, hey, what, what was really going on? And it's less about explaining yourself and kind of going like, yo, what was this about? Yeah, because I, I want to figure it out. Like, I want to figure out the problem and, and kind of where that's at. Because it, I mean, it was just crazy that we got the, all of it figured out. And then in five minutes, it all came apart. Yeah. And, and the reality is what was figured out is still figured out. The five minutes just represents, oh, the triggers and the reactions. And then, and then we're reacting to the reactions. Yeah. At the core, we haven't figured out. Right. But wait, something happened for me. Here's what that was. What happened for you? Yeah. Because then this place that we went to, like, yeah, I don't want to go there again. Like, that, right. what's up with that? What was that about? Yeah. And as this comes into my head, too, I just want to throw this out there. I think I'm really afraid of making the wrong decision. Because this is such a big thing for the company, right? And I think when you said, how do you do it? I think we're all really afraid to make the wrong decision right now. And, and I think we're all kind of in the same spot of like knowing we got something, not really sure what it is, not really sure right. what we do next, kind of having faith that it'll all work out. We're just all scared. <laughs> we're really fucking scared. There's enough for everybody. That's the abundance. But the scarcity will drive us to attack each other, get in each other's way, make sure, like, protect something. And that there's, there's some scarcity that, that's hitting for each of you guys. Mm-hmm. Don't want to make the wrong decision. Don't want to get screwed out of this. All that, for sure. So it's joining with that. And maybe the conversation is not just, how do you do this? It's like, wow, how do we do this? How do we just have faith and, and know that, yeah, we got couple different people making decisions and we got to be on the same page and we got to just trust that it's going to work out. But we, some things we got to control and some things we got to let go of. Yeah. And let's not attack each other. Yeah. 
And it, uh, it's, it's just, it's crazy growing up, dude. Like, it's fucking crazy <laughs> growing up. Yeah, I mean, that's why they call them growing pains. God. The more you do it, the more you get used to it, the easier it becomes. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that for sure. This is exactly the definition of, like you said, excited and scared. It's new territory. It's unknown. You used to hate the unknown and stay away from it. <laughs> I won't do the unknown or I'll get so high I won't even know that it's unknown. <laughs> I am the unknown. And I think I, <laughs> I can't say I don't still do that. Okay. And I was thinking about this the other day too. In my world of going out in the public, right? And what that looks like. And I think it popped in my head. Short, long story short, I was like, man, I'm going to move to Kansas or something. Texas, some bullshit random. And I was like, damn, I'm going to start all over again. And then I was like, well, what would I really be starting over? And, and like, yes, I have community and people and all that kind of shit, but like going out and figuring right. out the town and like figuring out my food spots and like all that kind of shit, I still haven't really done here. Still haven't really done that. And so I was like, it's really easy when I have, I'm in a relationship because I have somebody to go do it with, right? And so I, I was in the revelation of like, man, I just kind of got to mm. start enjoying walking down the street by myself and doing, going to the Getty and, and doing this kind of shit again. Right. Because I like doing it. And it was just weird because I, I realized that I haven't experienced LA really at all for myself. It's always been mm. what other people wanted to do or how are we doing it? What's going on? What's the move? You know, it's never been like, oh, this is what I'm doing tonight. Do you guys want to go? Right. So, yeah. This is going to be interesting territory because it, it's on one level, the town you're living in, you, you haven't really discovered in this in this way on your own. The person you're living in you haven't really taken out and discovered on its own. Right. Look at that smile, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is this is the unknown that you stayed away from for so long that you're now embracing. And embracing it doesn't mean, yeah, it's cool. The start of our session, you're like, okay. yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> right. But now there, there's a I'm smile okay. and it's it's scary and it's exciting. It's, right. it's both of those things. And it's both of those things maybe at a 70 and a 30. Right. Not at a zero to hundred where it's like, yeah, all in and cool, everything or no, nothing shut down, go away. It's uh, yeah. There's still some highs and lows in here and, and whew, what a ride. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Hell yeah. It feels good. I'm realizing that I can have that 70, 30, I mean, throw the 10% disappointment in there. Right. But my, mm-hmm. my 70% of excitement can now intertwine with that 30% of learning I'm going to call it learning. It's not even bad. It's like I get to grow and learn and experience and be. Yeah. And so I'm excited to take that for a test drive. I love it. We shifted good and bad to effective and ineffective. Right. Okay. So you're doing things effectively. When you do things ineffectively, you can recognize it and learn from it and become more effective. Right. So it's not that it's bad. It's that, oh, this didn't really work well. How can I, how can I strengthen this? Yeah, you're doing it. Uh, hell Yeah. I love it. And we're back. We are. Here we are. And as your lead in said, lead out, lead in, lead out, Disneyland, DOA. Yeah. Right. I've never actually, (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard it called that, but yes, yes, yes. Definitely got. A lot of that, one of my friends growing up, we, we got back access to uh, Disneyland and we can go on, we could go on anybody's grad night and we could go at night and then get in the back. And it was so fun. Hang on. Time out. 
yeah. back access to Disneyland. What does that mean? That's I know there's like Club 33 or Restaurant 33. That's like the special restaurant. But no, like we literally got to go in the back. So you like go through where all the costumes are and like see 1 million Whoa. Mickey Mouse costumes. And like, yeah. What? Yeah, it was super that's cool. Amazing. Yeah. So yeah, one um, specific time I remember, well, everyone else was on acid, but my friend and I took some ecstasy and it was a freaking good time. I will tell you one of our, <laughs> one of our posse ended wow. up in, uh, in Disneyland jail because he, um, yeah. Cause there's a dress code when you go at night for like, when you go at night, when it's like someone's grad night from it starts at 10 and oh, goes right. till like four in the morning yeah. or something, there's right. a dress code and his, he was like this skater kid and his pants were sagging too much. So he had to wow. go to Disneyland jail and then they got him. He had to change into like a security guy's suit or like outfit, but he is really short. The whole thing was amazing. Anyway, it was a good time. Wow. So wow. DOA, we're not encouraging it listeners out there. This is not us encouraging you <laughs> to do any sort of drugs. No, no, no. But if you're going to do them, do them at Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. What was hilarious to me is that was the first thing that came to my mind, but I've worked with many clients and have known people that just love going to Disneyland as an adult, that just love the the wonder and, and you know, magic of it. It's right. Yeah. Some people really dig that, that yeah, yeah. fantasy land and what that is. And sure. Why not? Sure. I mean, it is fun. I start when the kids were little, I went, I could go again now. It's just during the week. When it's not hot, <laughs> there's nobody there. It's, <laughs> I need a lot of uh, special treatment. <laughs> oh, they're going to say drugs. <laughs> but yes. And for him, it was, it was not, I mean, he said he had some weed, but it was m mainly that experience of going fishing. Yeah. Yeah. He said it was just chill. Like there was no agenda. He had fun, just like enjoying the day. I think he said he right. went with his girlfriend, not girlfriend. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Which I, yeah. we, I wrote like girlfriend question mark. And then when we got down further in the episode, he <laughs> yeah, was like, no, she's not. I was like, okay, great. But, and she has a kid, but they went right. without the kid. They brought him back. I think the next day they said, Oh, he said, that's cute. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, um, he was sort of just saying, yeah, I'm all right. I'm okay. And right. then you kind of called him out on that. And he was just talking about how he can smile and be okay. But then sort of was saying things are good and why isn't he enjoying it the way he should be? And what I liked you pointing out was the difference between like, how are you doing and how are you feeling? And that for yeah. me is the same thing that we've talked about before is the doing mind and the being mind. The same thing as if you're doing too much fishing or not enough fishing. Right. So right. how are you doing? I often say to somebody, how are you feeling when I know that they haven't physically felt well? Hmm. But for some reason, yeah. How are you doing? I don't know. I've never thought about it before that much. Well, and, and for him and, and why I said, yeah, it's sort of like, uh, we call it anhedonia. Mm -hmm. I think there was a recent article like within the last few months calling it languishing, you know, just seeing a lot of people are feeling this and anhedonia is just a, you don't have a real experience of pleasure. Any of the the hobbies or the things that you used to do that you really liked doing, you don't like anymore. You don't anticipate anything. You have no want. You have no motivation. 
often we see it with depression or sometimes substance abuse or personality disorders. Like it, it's just something that can happen where for whatever reason it is, you just have that meh feeling about right. everything. Right. And he and I were, were talking about it in various forms, but him being all or nothing or him being a hundred percent or zero percent, it was, it's not quite that middle. It's just, as I said, that, that fog and that flavor of meh that just right. kind of hits you and, and you're, I think he might've said like, yeah, I was just kind of being lukewarm. Yeah. I like that. It's funny though. He was like lukewarm zero to a hundred, blah, blah, all these analogies. And I was like, no, no, lukewarm. Then it's either freezing or scalding. Get with the analogy. It has to all like flow correctly. We're talking about temperature. Right. Yes. Miss literal. But what he was saying was that he's feeling lukewarm. Yeah. Not scalding and not freezing. Right. And it's, it's not comfortable for him. He doesn't like it. To me, that there's two things here. One is the anhedonia, the experience of I'm not taking pleasure in anything and mm-hmm. everything just is sort of meh. And what is this? Is this a symptom of something? That's right. one thing. The other thing is it's not zero. It's not a hundred. It's in the middle. Right. Kind of distinguishing. Is this just the middle way that you're not used to? And that just feels uncomfortable because it's new and different. Or is it something where we're kind of flat? Or a little of both. Sure. It's hard to know for a while. I think it starts to, you kind of start to figure it out. Even though I have found so much more balance in my life, I am still not a, he said, like a true 50 guy. He said he's more, he thinks he's more 30, 70. And there's all these different reasons, chemical or environmental or personality or whatever, why we can be black and white, zero to a hundred. And that can change with certain things and working on it or med, but it's also, we're all just different. And so to know that he can still be a 50 guy, it's just 50 of his, 50, of his 100, not someone else's. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, it's interesting because we had some things here in this session that were throwbacks to earlier sessions where if you remember way back with the old girlfriend when he would say things like, I want her to understand why I'm having night terrors and what that means. Mm-hmm. I want to explain everything. Yeah. Over explain. Right. And he really wanted to, to have somebody understand him, which we get into a little later in this session when he talks about the friend and the sort of misunder- yeah. being misunderstood. Yeah. It's also him kind of realizing what I said was we can never really know anybody 100. It's, it's not even possible. And he, he said, I don't even know myself 100. That's for sure. I loved that. I mean, not him, all of us. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. 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 That's the thing is he's kind of coming to me going, I'm normally a 30, 70. I don't know what I'm at right now. I I don't know what this is. And maybe this is, this is 50 and it's just so weird. Yeah. I was wondering, I don't know if I just missed it or I was a little confused. So, and I, I liked how, how this came about. He was talking about as a kid and he remembers this day he was listening to a sermon or he was at a sermon. I don't know what it's called, but something about it's better to be all faith or no faith. But I, I wasn't sure. Is that what the church said to him? It's better to be all or none, or it's better to be in the middle. I, I got confused, but I can see how I think some religions tend to go that way. Cause a lot of it's like, well, if you don't believe you don't, can't like sort of believe, but I don't, I don't know the facts around that. I think he was saying it's better to have an opinion. Like that's the sermon was about with faith and, and what that is. It's better to be, to have an opinion, like to either have no faith or be very much to be devout, you know, and have faith. 
you don't want to do anything kind of halfway. That that was what he took from it. That was their message. But now he's saying, actually, being lukewarm is really helpful sometimes. Yeah. And and it was something that it, it's like, again, the difference between being like lukewarm and in the middle versus anhedonia and meh. And he just totally you're just not there. There is a difference. There's, I think, a, a, yeah. a line there. I don't know how fine a line it is, but it's when you're just sort of middle way, yeah, not all in and not all out. That's fine. When you're lukewarm and you're not excited and not whatever the opposite of excited is, bored or burnt or not looking for whatever it is, it's not necessarily the same thing. That all in, all out, or a little bit of both is fine. But the, that languishing, that being in the middle and being stagnant. Right. And I think that's something that, that would probably worry him. That idea of being stagnant, he wouldn't like. He's used to being 24-7, go, 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 on, on, on. And after the heart attack, learning like, oh, wait, I want to slow down. I want to go slower. But I don't want to be zero. So how do I how do I do something that's not a hundred and not zero? And maybe I have to go between thirty and seventy. But I don't exactly. want to just stay at fifty, and I don't want to be in a place where I'm not finding any joy in anything. Right. You don't want to be at ten or ninety, right. but like can go between those two. Well, and I think his what you mentioned before that you guys started talking about was the conversation he had with his work partner. Yeah. It's pretty much one of his best friends in right. LA, that not, his, not one of his oldest friends, but right. one of his really good friends. And there was like a misunderstanding at work. Right. The friend picked well, up on something. What? Go ahead. I get that it was a, it sounded like it was this guy's interpretation of what Drew wanted in the outcome. And part of it was saying about his, a little bit about his personality. I agreed with him. Right which is neither here nor there. And I don't know that he was making this blanket statement about his personality in general, but I think he just was making a statement about what he thought in that moment, which Drew took to mean an overarching claim about his character, which it could have been. Right. But, but I think that his thing was basically, he doesn't know me at all. He went to like a hundred or zero. He doesn't know me at all. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that, that's, again, a great session for this because we were looking at that idea of not going zero or a hundred being uh -huh. somewhere in between and what that is. And for him, the trigger in all of this was being misunderstood. And that's exactly what you said, Mary. Like his friend was like, uh, wait, I think you're just saying this because you don't want anybody to be above you. And you, that's why you, you don't want this. And and Drew was like, no, that's not me. I mean, don't you know me at all? Right. Like that, I'm not like that. And like, okay, so there's the trigger. He felt like the friend jumped all over him. He jumped all over the friend. And it was because, as he said, like, this is my integrity. This is, no, this is, wait, I, I don't like this. And he was like being misunderstood and not being able to explain it. I love that he said this, and, and I bet you picked up on this and you might know where I'm going when I say this or right after I do. He said, when I'm misunderstood and I don't get the chance to explain, it's one of the worst things. That's when I implode, not explode, but implode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, actually, I didn't think he jumped all over his partner. I thought what he did was effective. He said, that hurt my feelings. 
Yeah, I loved right? that. I love that. He's like, hey, when you said it that way, that kind of hurt my feelings. Right. I'm just, I'm just telling you how I felt. Yeah. Like, right. Wow, that's awesome. It's so awesome. Like, who's what? Twenty five year old kid says that. So guy says that to his friend for the most part. Well, let's be fair. Drew is twenty six now. Oh, he is. Okay. Yeah, he's he's matured. Oh, Drew, Drew. And at some point he said, he said something about, it's not appropriate for me to get triggered and get all emotional. And I was like, dude, (laughs) there's no appropriate or inappropriate when it comes to getting emotional or triggered. There's congruent or incongruent maybe, but no, like it's your thing. It's what happened. Looking at like, oh, right. And and here's the trigger and here's where that comes from. It doesn't mean you're not going to get triggered. You know, when people are like, I don't ever want to get triggered. I'm like, well. Sorry, you are. It's what happens when you do. Right. You know, do you have the awareness of, oh, I just got triggered? Can you get called on it and not jump on somebody and go, oh, thanks for pointing that out. You're right. My favorite example of that is the the Snickers commercials. The I guess they used to air a few years ago when somebody's like super angry and they're they turn into a diva. Oh, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And they're like, oh man, here, have a Snickers. They were just hungry. Yeah. And then they turned yeah. back into themselves. Yep. It's it's sort of like that. Like you're going to get triggered, but if someone calls you on it, can you then go, all oh, right, let me take my metaphoric Snickers yeah. and go, okay, <sighs> all right, now right. I'm myself. Let's go. Right. Right. Yeah. And you, you talked about content versus process, which I talk a lot about right. with my clients. Right. Because both are very important. And there's a lot of times where I'll say, look, this is not about the content. This is about the process. And then there's sometimes where I'm like, this isn't about the process. This is about the content. <laughs> right. And it's you and me talking about forest and the trees all the time. You yep. know, the, the, the process is the forest, the trees are the content and the details. And it was, it was interesting because part of what we hit in this too, is that we in therapy often talk process. Yes, you can talk content. You do that with with some of your clients. Drew and I live in the world world of process. That's what we're doing. We're processing, but we're talking about how we approach things, how we think of things, where this comes from, what it means, how I can do different. And what we were hitting is like, yeah, we, we do this in therapy. And I wonder if part of what's going on is you were wanting to engage somebody in a talk about process and they didn't want to go there. You know, and I'm not right. necessarily saying that friend, but it was like, you don't need to have everybody have a, a therapy session with you, so to speak, just to talk about how you took something. Right. You can recognize it and mark it and move on. Right. But I do think, I mean, you guys, obviously there's content in your. Oh, sure. Sure. I don't ignore it. I don't ignore. It. I mean, that's when I've said to you, like. Yeah. That's when I'm like, why didn't you ask? Right. Right. <laughs> right. Like I didn't need to. Exactly. It's that stuff is, it can be important. And sometimes people are very hung up on the content, on the details. And if you don't engage in that, you're going to miss the connection there, right? Yep. yep. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need details. Right. I think think it's our job to kind of look at bigger picture with them, look at something objectively with them, and then help them see that and understand it. Not like lead them to, it's like if a dog goes to the bathroom on a carpet and you shove its nose in it, like, all right, I don't know that that's that effective. It's just going to have them scared of something. Right. So I don't want to like show somebody their their process and shove their nose in it or anything like that. But I also don't want to ignore what they left on the rug. 
Right. <laughs> it's funny. Thank you. You talked to him about, you picked out those three words, faith, trust, and control. I loved your um, Kobe analogy with the trust versus faith. That was a good one. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Do you come up with that on your own? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of on on the spot because I know we talked about Kobe before and talking about, he was talking about vulnerability and he was talking about things in a certain way, knowing that he's a client who really holds faith as a value. Like, okay. As he was talking about this stuff, I could hear that he was... He was talking about it a certain way, but still holding that, that content, still talking right. about the friend, still thinking about this and like, all right, how can I get him to see Forrest a little bit? And by throwing those three words at him, I didn't know necessarily where he was going to go with those three words. It was just knowing that he's got a history of people breaking his trust that makes him feel out of control. So maybe for him having faith makes him feel back in control, even though you're not sure that that you don't trust that that person is going to come through, like his parents not coming through, like Robert Ory may or may not hit that three pointer. But if you're Kobe, either you do it all yourself all the time, and everybody starts to not like you, and it's too much, or you dish it and have faith, not trust that they're going to hit the shot. Right. And that that faith is is maybe where you don't have to rely on trust. So just floating those three words yeah. and letting him think about it was a way to get him to talk about the forest, not the trees. Right. And he could definitely relate to the whole control thing. Totally. Yeah. And you also talked about how how to communicate with his partner. Some I was following along and thinking, oh yeah, yeah. And then listening sort of to what he pointed out, but to say to his partner, okay, well, like, how do you do it? Like put the ball in his court, which I'm a big fan of. We do in DBT a lot. And also he was like, yeah, but I'm still not getting my point across and I'm still being misunderstood. And he still thinks this about (laughs) me. So like, I don't know that I really want to do that, which I totally respect. Right. So I think when, what I thought, I don't know if you said it or he said it, but it was, how do we do this? Like, how Mm. do we do this? How do we do this work? And because he's saying he's afraid of making the wrong decisions and this is a really big deal, whatever it is. I don't know, some work thing that they're doing, right? Some deal or whatever. Right. But that like, he's afraid of doing something wrong and how to do it. Yeah. And that, that's something that he said initially, like, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid of making the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. And I think he then said, I think we're, we're all just scared. We all are. So he made the shift. Okay. Of like hearing you say that, like we're starting this new project and we're doing this new company. And it's not just that I'm afraid of making the wrong decision. We are all afraid. We're in this boat together. We are teammates. And that's, it's not Robert Ory or Kobe Bryant didn't win a game or lose a game. We as a team won or lost the game. Yeah. And two things towards the end. One was him saying he was getting out and discovering LA on his own, which I thought was so cute and great. And I was like, yeah, buddy, do it. Cause he's like, I'm just going to move to Kentucky. And, and then he's like, Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. Kansas. And he's like, why do I got to do that? Like I haven't even explored here, which I thought was great. I'm glad to hear Drew. I can't hear all about all the cool places that you've gone. And then also final sentence, he's like, it's crazy crazy growing up. <laughs> I was dying. Yeah, I, I laughed for that. like five minutes. Right, right. I was like, yeah, 
growing up, growing, adulting, it's forever still doing it now. I am 48. Well, and that that's my my point in like him going to Kansas or Texas or Kentucky, wherever it was, and saying like, yeah, but you, you want to discover the town you're living in. Well, and my spin was, you haven't really discovered your internal town you're living in yourself. That is deep, going back Doug. to the, like, Diane. you never really know somebody a hundred percent. I don't even know myself a hundred percent. Like, okay, the same way you're talking about exploring this town, we're exploring yourself. Yeah. And that's where, you know, he was like, yeah, man, it is crazy, (laughs) (laughs) crazy growing up and being an adult and and doing this and that, but that's what he's doing. Yeah. It's, it's it's awesome. And he's doing it. We've been working towards this for a while. And you guys have been hearing this, that this is him literally growing up before your, your ears, not your eyes, that, (laughs) that he's, he's becoming independent. He's becoming an individual. He's I know Meredith and I joke about it, but like our little boys become a man. Like I feel crazy. Like he really is. And it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy by virtue of it actually being not crazy for exactly. one of the first times in his life. Yeah. yeah. It's so inspirational, inspiring, inspirational and inspiring all of those things. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. I might grow up someday. <laughs> I'm never growing up. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. How did There's I There's a million toys that you can, uh, I don't remember the song. Is Toys R Us huh. even there anymore? Uh, that's a great question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I know, feel actually. Like they might have shut Fact down. Fact checker, check, please. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it did shut down a few years ago, like right around no way. pandemic COVID? times. They, Ugh, they, closed, sad. they closed the last of it. Oh, well. On that note. On that note, uh, we're not closing down. We'll still be around and we will be here for you on call. I want to give you guys Meredith's pager number so you can <laughs> get her anytime. Uh, <laughs> pager. <laughs> no, no pager. Well, I'll page you later and we'll, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I can't segue out. Help me, Mary. Segue out. Segue out. Um, get us out of we here. We are going to talk to you. Let's be with you in spirit. All week and then next week and yeah. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll take it. (laughs) Bye guys. 